So here's the question. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I am your host and your guide, Chris Stanley. Today, I welcome onto the podcast my longtime best friend in the industry, Joseph Heidel. Joseph and I have crossed paths multiple times in our career, and one thing has always stood out about Joseph. He is a go-getter. Now, Joseph shares today how to successfully navigate your way into the IA arena, how to have success as a PDR hail adjuster, and how to make a lasting impression on all who come in contact with you. He is currently the National Operations Manager of High Tech PDR, and his operations are based out of Dallas, Texas. Now you're going to hear Joseph and I discuss how working for a PDR company is not a fake it until you make it arena. You can't say you know how to use CCC1 or how to estimate a hail vehicle if you don't know what you're doing. Showing up to a PDR cat line without knowledge or training is a great way to earn a trip home. If you're interested in learning how to be a hail adjuster, you can check out IAPAS League of IA's trainee membership. This membership unlocks all of our self-paced training, including hail score, which teaches you how to score more hail deployments, the hail adjusters boot camp, and the ultimate cheat guide to writing hail damage on CCC1. We call it Successtimate, CCC1 Hail Edition. The membership also includes collision, flood, and other software training for you, as well as exclusive discounts to our industry, even on adjuster licensing courses. The membership costs $50 a month, and there is no commitment. So you can check it out at leagueofias.com. That's leagueofias.com. But first, it's time to call and to talk with the go-getter, Joseph Heidel. Hi, Texas Joe. How can I help you? Hey, Joe. It's Chris Stanley with the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I appreciate you being on the show today and taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. No problem, Chris. Hey, man. So, you know, we've known each other a while and I kind of know why someone may want to hear your story or why they should pay attention to what uh, Joseph should say. But why should anyone else who doesn't know you care to hear about your IA story? Oh, man. Well, I started out just like every other independent adjuster out there. And uh, I have made a great name, in my opinion, um, 
in our network, um, especially from the independent adjuster network and the paintless dent repair and hail, hail teams out there. Um, and uh, I consider myself to be a pay it forward teacher. So if I'm ever in, an, in a position where I can pay it forward to help someone new in the business or help with training or kind of guide them towards um, a path or a goal um, to making them successful in their own way. Um, you know, that's, that's something that I try to try to strive for. Awesome. So how did you get started? I mean, we all have a crazy origin story, but, but where does yours kind of begin? How did you get started and involved as an independent adjuster? Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, you know, I, so really to get down to the, to the, to the marrow deep, um, I guess, uh, way of how I got into the adjuster network or world is, um, I didn't really know what an adjuster was until, um, I actually had, uh, had a few hurdles that I had to go through in my life. Um, I ended up losing a sales job that I had in, uh, in Florida. Um, and my wife came up to me and she was like, uh, Hey, I've got, I've got this, uh, this kid that, uh, that she worked with, um, in Florida, um, that knew what, or that was, uh, was a cat adjuster for, for Worley actually, uh, his name was Trey. And, uh, you know, basically he, he shared with Danielle, my wife, um, what, uh, what he did, um, basically what sold her was the whole travel part of it. And uh, what sold me was the, the money part of it and a little bit of the travel. Um, and uh, basically, we started looking into it. And then, you know, God's plan kind of played out. And within about two weeks, we took an online adjuster class. Um, and I ended up getting, we both ended up getting our licenses and immediately started uh, with, uh, with like a deployment, or I'm sorry, with a training opportunity with Pilot. Um, and then our careers basically just started from there. Um, I will share with, uh, with you and, and your network that, um, I was in, um, the auto body and auto mechanic field for about four years, um, in my early twenties. And I just didn't like it. Um, I didn't really think it was for me, had no idea what an adjuster, what an appraiser was, or what a cat adjuster was, or even what paintless dent repair was, um, back in those days. And, um, uh, you know, so I, I basically worked my whole beginning part of my adult life um, to get out of the business. Somehow found a way into a, a sales um, opportunity and then ended up having, a, with the economy go down, lose that opportunity and then found my way into the adjuster world and and uh, and basically began from there. Um, that's, you know, I, I guess that's that's one way you know, one thing that I can, that I can say, but, um, yeah, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. And, um, and I know what kind of sales job it was. And I actually think this makes, uh, your story very interesting, uh, to people is that, uh, you were in timeshare sales for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was. And so now this is kind of diving off of the, the, uh, normal pattern of what, uh, the questions we asked, but what what about being a timeshare salesman has helped you in your IA career? Because sales is hard for every IA, and every IA um, 
in my opinion, is needs to be in sales in some way or another. You're selling yourself, you're selling your business. You as an IA are an independent business within yourself. So how did that help prepare you for this journey? Well, first and foremost, it got me really comfortable in in awkward positions. And, and what I mean by that is, is um, first impressions are the utmost important um, part of, uh, of being in sales. And, you know, now that, now that I think about it, it also really plays into, uh, like a part of being an adjuster from the very beginning of you meeting a new vendor. If you're trying to get onto a roster, um, to meeting a, meeting a insurance customer, um, for the very first time as well. Um, so I will say, you know, going through, through sales, um, definitely help me um, put myself in a position where I feel very comfortable talking to a complete stranger, talking to a crowd, talking to uh, an executive or CEO position of, of a company, um, delivering messages very clearly, communicating clearly um, with conviction um, and, and, overall it it just put me in a position where i felt confident um and knowing um where i've come from what i've done and where i'm going and how to deliver um that i I guess first impression setting all the way to um providing the services that someone would need when they decided to hire um either myself or my team awesome so kind of piggybacking on that keeping this train rolling what do you believe is the number one characteristic about being a successful ia the number one characteristic in my opinion is um is developing that entrepreneur mindset um in my opinion everyone in this field um from an independent adjuster has to be a go-getter they have to be that uh, entrepreneur and what I mean by that is, um, is if you sit around and do nothing, nothing is going to happen. Your results, um, you know, if you just sit and wait for a phone call to be deployed after you've got on and uh, got on with a roster with, uh, with a few of the large vendors out there, if you if you got to the point where you just filled out applications, did the trainings, got on with companies like Pilot, Worley, Ebrels, um, Crawford and company, and you got on the roster expecting to get a phone call, 99% of the time, you're going to end up getting a text message asking if you're available or a text message during a storm scenario, asking if you're available, are you willing to deploy? You say, yes. If you're in a new adjuster, more than likely nothing's going to happen. In my opinion, what you should be doing or what I would recommend you do is while you're at these trainings, you need to make sure someone that makes the decisions for you to be deployed recognizes you. Now, what I mean by that is you show up early, you could stay late. The more question you ask, the more involved you are in their training. It could be something like, I'll tell you what I did, Chris, at the very beginning, whenever I was on with pilot, and I think that's where you and I met. Yeah, it was. You know, 
you we both were sitting in the front of the room with <laughs> Nick Zorn <laughs> for the American family training that we did with Pilot. And, uh, you know, Nick took a liking to us. And uh, it's because we were so heavily involved. And, you know, we did have experience, you know, prior to prior to going into into Pilot. So, you know, it, it, it did make our lives a little easier. But I think just, you know, in my opinion, you know, the deployment managers with these vendors, you know, they want to make sure if you're deployed with them that you're going to get along with them and you're also going to get along with their clients, which are the insurance companies and their customers. You know, if, if you've got an outgoing personality, if you're, you know, if you're motivated, if you can show you can show up on time and do your job, I mean, you're going to get a lot of recognition um, and uh, and lead to further deployment deployments down the road. So once again, it's all about being that go-getter. So as a go-getter, as I would call you uh, successful, uh, you've survived in the IA field for this long, but what has been the greatest challenges on this journey for you as an IA? What, what is that thing that just, man, it just has made it so hard for you? Oh, wow. Well, I can, um, I can say the, the hardest challenge that, that I've faced is, you know, whenever there's not a catastrophe storm season, um, you know, you, you basically have to make it a, uh, like, well, I'll, I'll just share my story. How about that? Um, I had to make a decision, um, since, you know, 2012, 13 or 14, I can't remember what year it was, but it ended up being a really slow hail season or a really slow storm season. And there really wasn't any storms until May. And this was in February. And, you know, my wife and I, as we worked as a team, we were kind of just sitting around trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Um, we were doing day claims and, you know, we were making enough to just basically get by, pay our bills. Um, and we were really trying to hustle. It's it's harder to really do day claims, in my opinion, than it is working catastrophes, because there's a lot of logistics and, and everything that go into it. Um, the hardest part for us was to really figure out what was the right decision. Like, you know, should we continue doing day claims? Should we continue trying to pro like go after uh, um, the storm season cat work? You know, around February, March, April, you know, those three months are really the slowest months um, for, uh, for a cat adjuster because um, you're literally sitting waiting for a storm. And if there's no storms, you're just sitting there looking at your watch. You're like, am I really making the right decision? Um, so the hardest part for us was, uh, you know, trying to figure out if we should continue and make a commitment to do day claims or, um, you know, if we really wanted to go hard towards um, working those catastrophe scenarios. Um, so, you know, really <laughs> the weather, um, you know, is really the hardest factor um, in making this this opportunity, um, you know, a really, I guess it's it's just, you know, those with experience will understand this, but, you know, if you go a couple weeks without a storm, it's it really starts making you think is this really the right thing for me right now am i really making the right decision um but then you know a storm happens and then you're in it uh you get deployed 
once the first storm happens and you, you know, you make a good name for yourself, you get put on a good deployment team and there's more storms, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to go each storm um, until the end of the season. Yeah. And then <clears throat> that's that how I phrase it is we're both vic- uh, victims and benefactors of chaos. That, that's what we are. And so we never know which side of that we're going to be on because weather is so chaotic and the chaos is, is so crazy that we have no idea if we're going to benefit or fall victim to that, that lack of consistency or to that chaos. And it is. It's a really hard part of the job. So then flip it around. Let's, let's give some people some roses here, feel a little more uplifting. What has been the most rewarding part of being an IA? Oh, wow. Well... So I started out as an IA. Um, currently, I'm the national operations manager for a large, um, for the largest um, auto hail repair company um, in the U.S. Um, and that is high tech painless debt removal. Um, you know, starting out as an independent adjuster, um, going through what I've gone through in my life has really led up to this position. Um, I basically am in charge of um, all of the operations for a multi-state territory for um, for high-tech PDR. Um, you know, it does put me in a position to um, recruit auto hail repair technicians and um, independent adjusters um, each year. Um, it has put me in front of executives and CEOs of large corporations. Um, the largest multiple service body shop operations um, in the country. Um, Chris, I won't, I won't share with you their names, but um, one of their, uh, uh, let's just put it this way. Um, the two large companies that we represent are in a two to three gross billion dollar sales um, operation. Um, so with that being said, our company has commitments to these large scale body shop operations and we facilitate and do all their hail repairs countrywide. Um, with that being said, um, it's, it's really open doors up to where, um, you know, if insurance companies communicate or contact with us, you know, they're looking to us for guidance. Um, in our business, we are the professionals. Um, so our opinions do matter. Um, so it, this, you know, starting out as an IA, putting me in the position to where I am in, in a role to where I can mentor, I can recruit, I can help and pay it forward and the financial gains that come with it. Um, you know, but I can share with you, it wasn't easy. Um, I do consider myself blessed and very lucky. Um, but it, um, you know, it, it's, it's really opened some doors if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that for a lot of people, it it feels like those doors take an eternity to open. And the more that you, the listener, uh, pays attention to what Joseph is saying, uh, you, you have to hustle, you have to be a go-getter, you have to do these things. Um, you know, yes, it's hard. You start doubting yourself. You're the, the, you know, the victim and benefactor of chaos. And then, but then the reward is that when you push through, because not everybody can push through those trials and tribulations, uh, the doors start opening up for you because someone who can last through that and, and, 
have that kind of endurance and have that kind of consistency of showing up, it stands out in our industry. So I think you really need to take what Joseph is saying and you piece it all together. You start getting a real good idea about what this career in this industry is really like. And it's it's about endurance and it's about uh, seizing your opportunities when they come about. So Joseph, kind of switching to our topic here, um, kind of just piggybacking right on what you just said. You, you and I, we had the pleasure and opportunity to work together at High Tech PDR, uh, both being operations managers on different parts of the country. Uh, we've been best friends in the industry, as I always say. Joseph's my best friend in the industry. and uh, But really, a lot of the, the listeners are very intrigued with this concept of being an IA within the hail world, the PDR industry. And so you've really gotten to experience that now for even more years, I think, than I have because uh, I've been out of it now for almost two years and you've continued in it. So kind of what has that been like as an IA to really dive into what the PDR industry is like for an independent adjuster? Well, I can share with you it's a lot of fun. Um, expect something new every single storm. Expect something new at each deployment, um, you know, You'll be put in a scenario where you can be working underneath a tent or you'll be put in a scenario where you're going to be working in the AC. Um, oh, man, it's in, in my opinion, I would much rather work for a hail repair company than I would maybe a large vendor. And that's just my opinion because I had so much fun. I truly enjoyed it. Um, it is organized chaos. Um, you're put in a position where you're only looking at hail damage vehicles. Um, you're not having to, you know, look at wind or debris or in my, like tornado damage. I will share with you tornado damage, tornado storms are very, very hard to work. And what I mean by that is, is it does play an emotional toll on, uh, on, on the adjusters out there. In, in my opinion, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, really sensitive to people's uh, feelings and, and them going through a, a large a large tornado or catastrophe. Um, so I definitely wear my heart when I'm out in the field like that. Um, but for the hail operations, oh man, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it really is. No, it's, um, a, it's a challenge. Like, I mean, the expectation level is through the roof because it is a lot of fun, but man, it's business. Like, I, I try to explain it to people who are coming over from Pilot or Whirly or anything. Just the expectation level is like this is the Olympics of adjusting to me. You have to be an A-list adjuster to, to succeed in the PDR world. Am I crazy in saying that? Because to me, that's, no. that's what I see is like it's fun, but, man, you've got to be you got to be the bee's knees to succeed in this. Yeah, this the hill hill adjusting world with these companies. It's not a fake it till you make it kind of scenario. This is one of those um, one of those I guess fields where you have to understand and know your role as a as an independent adjuster or appraiser with these companies. You can't just you know you can't just pick up the phone while you're being interviewed or being recruited and say, yes, I know how to use CCC or Autotex when you've only had two or three days worth of training on it. This is one of those uh, one of those types of businesses where you have to understand the fundamentals of the CCC programs or Autotex or Mitchell. You have to understand what is repairable, what is not repairable. Whenever you're looking at a vehicle, 
you have to have precise estimate accuracy whenever you're identifying hail damage and you have to have clear communication with the insurance customer um, while you're describing to them what their damage is. And on top of that too, auto hail repair companies like high-tech paintless dent removal, you know, our business model is repairing vehicles. That's how our business grows. That's how our business model is built. So Chris, leading back into the sales position that I had earlier before I became an independent adjuster, this is where that plays into it. Um, the goal is to share with your customers their options of getting their vehicle repaired. And then basically earn enough trust with that customer to have the company that you're working with. In this case, it would be high-tech paintless dent removal to have our company repair their vehicle. Yeah, and that is the end goal. And that's a very different goal than, say, a pilot or a Whirly. Because pilot and Whirly are there and hired to look at the vehicles and write an accurate estimate, yes, um, to process the claims. But they don't really care or have any incentive or motivation in any direction uh, where the vehicle gets fixed or whether the vehicle ever gets fixed. But with the PDR company, you've got a whole another layer and dynamic to it that isn't present um, uh, you know, under a tent at Home Depot. It's just a different different scenario than if you're working for a pilot and whirly like that. And so I think that sales part is is huge. And so, you know, some companies, um, that's a big metric, right? I don't, I assume high tech's looking at that with their guys. Like how, how is this person uh, at retaining, uh, you know, a, showing the owner the option to getting them to schedule? Is that something you guys look at? It is, it is. And uh, actually, you know, Chris, that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so first and foremost, you know, we, you know, first impression is everything. Um, and it, and it basically is, is reality. If you look professional and you're professionally dressed, that's one thing that we look at. The other, the other, uh, metric that we look at is interactions with customers. The third interaction is estimate accuracy. And the fourth metric that we look at is, is, uh, is the sales aspect. And we, um, in our business, we, we, we call that penetration and we look at, you know, for every, for every customer that you, that you estimate their vehicle, um, how many of those customers are repairing those vehicles with our business? So now, so we've, we've kind of taught, touched on number four, but I, but I like these, these, these four things you guys are looking at, you know being professional obviously that's like a must it has to happen to earn the trust as you were talking about now uh number three uh the estimate accuracy and i am the first to say that i am always shocked when i get back to a hailstorm after being off a year or being off a few months and and realizing how much my eyes lie to me like i don't see hail right away you have to like get adjusted to this so what are some kind of things that you would suggest to people to get to kind of position themselves to get into this industry? If they're interested in working with PDR companies, which for me, I enjoyed it immensely. It was more for the joy um, than it was for how many days I got to work. I got to work a good amount of days. The $500 a day is great. It's a lot of freedom, you know, within the job when you're off. So that's amazing. But 
how should somebody position themselves and get themselves ready for this kind of career? Well, so if you're saying if they don't have any experience at all, if they don't have any um, hail experience, I mean, where, where does somebody oh, start? Wow. If they're like, you know, me and you, we're, we're sitting there, we had a little bit of experience. You had a uh, body shop experience. I, I had collision experience, you know, being an IA in collision, but you know, if, if they're just on the beginning wrong and they're, they're, they're trying to get, become an IA, but their goal is to be able to work for anybody, including a PDR company that can trust that they know what to do, that they want to make this a long-term career, uh, riding hail, flood, whatever it be, but how do they position themselves for uh, to be able to succeed in the hail arena? Oh, wow. The f- first step is networking and reaching out to uh, to the decision makers. So, uh, you know, Chris, I'll, I'll give my info. Um, I am on Facebook. I am on LinkedIn. Um, it's Joseph Heidel, uh, J-O-S-E-P-H. And then my last name is spelled Heidel, H-E-I-D-E-L. Um, I do have a Facebook page that I only use for work. Um, also LinkedIn, same first and last name. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page as well. And it's called High Tech PDR NTX Operations. Um, I use that for a, for a Texas team. I've, I've got a few followers, uh, followers on there as well. Um, and uh, once you... You know, if you have any any listeners that want to reach out to me and want to get into the business, um, I'll give anyone a shot that reaches out to me. Um, I'll always answer my phone. I'll answer any questions that anyone would have. Um, if there's an opportunity to work with me, um, I will, you know, present you with that opportunity, depending on the season, of course, um, and uh, and and always try to try to pay it forward. That's that's really what I'm all about. Absolutely. So, Joseph, if you go back uh, to when you're working in the body shop, you're sitting there, you know this isn't for you, you're trying to get out of it as hard as you can, uh, you want to get out of that field, yes, you find yourself back in it, but if you go back to yourself in that moment and look yourself in the eyes and, and tell yourself one thing about the journey you're about to embark on that would help your younger self, what would that one thing be? Oh, wow. You know, I would just, I would tell myself to, you know, at at that point in time, I knew that the, at the beginning part of the business that I was in, it just wasn't for me. Um, I just, I I just felt like it was mindless work um, at that point in time. You know, I would tell myself, get off my rear and start looking at, you know, what is going to m- make me happy. And at that point in time, you know, I wanted to make really good money and I wanted to travel. Um, so I would tell myself, get off my butt, make a decision to make an impact on, on someone's life that's gone through a catastrophe scenario, um, you know, and, and see the world and, you know, and to be honest, Chris, that's where it's led. I've, I've been all over the place um, as an independent adjuster and as um, with with uh, as an operations manager with high tech PDR. I've I've been all over the place, coast to coast, north and south, um, out of country. Um, it's it's really opened some doors and opened my eyes to um, to a new world that I never knew existed. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? The journey, the path that we all find ourselves on. And you, the listener, that, that's hearing Joseph's story, that, that could very well be your story. 
you know, this is this is not a one-off story. This is very similar to my story. It's similar to a lot of other people's story that I've heard. We don't all end up in PDR companies. We don't all end up as operations manager. But the fact that you can go from one career starting fresh in a new one, having success, if you do what Joseph says, get off your rear, make a decision, move forward, and go be a go-getter. So follow your dreams. You know, continue walking the path that you're on, but maybe pick up the intensity a little bit. Continue to make those decisions. And, you know, when you're having those doubts, realize that we've all had those doubts. Realize that, man, this is hard. This is a this is not a sprint. This is this is a marathon. So stick in there. Uh, stick it out. Don't give up. And Joseph, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And uh, I appreciate your time. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks take the next steps on your path to becoming an IA. Visit iapath.com steps to get your free guide with the first five steps to becoming an independent adjuster. Visit iapath.com steps.